0: about christmas
1: um uh, christmas is something i have a love-hate relationship with
0: you know what do you love
1: i don't know almost nothing okay um i it's think what i was hate a hate
0: relationship mostly
1: a hate relationship <laughs> i liked it more when i was a kid for sure
0: yeah you it was ex- more
1: exciting i was going to be out of school for a couple weeks
0: jobs should really do that but they don't
1: yeah they don't it's it's a nightmare
0: yeah my bones have been ground to dust by these several weeks of uh sorting and stocking (laughs) (laughs) um but uh i don't know i get a little christmas cheer every year usually the closer it approaches i like to listen to uh good christmas songs not like uh not a big uh mariah carey fan yeah you know, so i don't like that i like uh the kinks have a good christmas song mm-hmm. um the waitresses they're good they did i know what boys like you know that's oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh is a beat up beat bop boo the uh <laughs> The, the Charlie Brown soundtrack, the Vince Giraldi stuff, oh, I like okay. that. That's nice. Uh, uh, the, the, that Pogue song about being um, the drunk junkie is good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh I guess that's it. It's okay. just four or five songs. <laughs> welcome to my Christmas wish list playlist podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy, and we are proud to bring you our christmas eve eve special
0: oh yeah it is a, a, yeah it's a little extra early present for you
1: um everybody's gonna try to take up all your time on christmas and probably christmas eve too so we're getting ahead of all of that and uh getting at you while your christmas cheer still exists before yeah. it's been drained of you by your family and friends yeah and-
0: Just having to sit around three hours with people you really barely know and probably barely like
1: uh honestly you probably shouldn't be doing a whole lot of that this year all things considered
0: oh that makes (laughs) so uh my aunt uncle were on the news back in april um for going to easter service at their church which was maskless right like they were like on um, one of the local news stations yeah uh, which is a great way for our family to be represented (laughs) they're uh they're kind of they're 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 in a weird church you know yeah i don't know quite what they do but it's not what we did
1: certainly not wearing masks
0: they're certainly not wearing masks um
1: but it's not like what you did in what sense, other than not wearing masks. Which, uh, I mean, I guess you didn't do in the past, but...
0: No, we do. We always wore masks at church. <laughs> it was, uh, we wore masks and cloaks. And uh, we just drained the blood out of a lot of babies.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That was our host. That was our, uh, our host. <laughs> you cut it open, you drink the blood. Oh, yeah. That's what Catholics do.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yes. No, they love unborn babies. They would never do that.
1: I've been to some Catholic services in my day, and none of them included what you just described.
0: Yeah, I was lying. Oh, no, okay. Just a flat-out lie. How did we get here?
1: You were going to tell us how their church is different.
0: Oh, no. That was just about my family. Uh, oh, okay. The end.
1: Oh, okay. That's it? That's I, don't, the know. End of I it. don't
0: know what they do. I just know it's not right.
1: Oh, okay, I thought you were I thought that was the setup to give an update about how like now they've both got coronavirus or something.
0: No that was it was like in April. Okay. Um, they were probably fine, but I just don't like it. That's why I don't like going to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it all back around.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, we do have an extra special Christmas gift to you guys today in that we get to talk about the passions of Carol. Which is, of course, Jeremy's mom's autobiography.
0: Oh, no. Oh, boy.
1: Did I read the wrong thing this week?
0: I don't know. Uh, Probably, you read it? Yeah. You shouldn't be reading anything. You should be watching it. Oh, shit. Yeah.
1: I guess I wasn't supposed to read your mom's autobiography.
0: No. um, I did find naked pictures of my mom when I was uh, probably like 14. They were like just... (laughs) I was just digging around (laughs) in my dad's closet looking for more, like, penthouses, and I came across these Polaroids, and I was like, well, (laughs) that's quite enough digging.
1: Uh, I am happy to say that while I may have, uh, come across uh, various uh, adult materials owned by my dad, I never came across any, uh... Uh, homemade material of my mom, or with my uh, with my actual father, uh, my stepmother. Uh, I or or of my dad or stepdad. That's good. That was me.
0: Oh, I thought it was the cat pushing something across the floor. Like no,
1: I was just kicking a shoe that was on the floor.
0: The floor is littered in shoes.
1: Yeah, I don't know what my girlfriend's doing. I it's just like, have two shoes that I wear.
0: It's like a palace Exploded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, my mom. Uh, she was naked. <laughs> I saw my mom naked. Uh, the most, I think, perplexing thing about that whole uh, mess is that I can't imagine my dad doing that. Right? It doesn't seem like... He, when my brother said goddamn one time, he was like, listen, there's something called the Ten Commandments. <laughs> so I just can't imagine him at any point in his life being like, I'm going to take some Polaroids of my wife. Naked. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Uh, yeah.
1: But yeah, uh, so all of that is to set up. The the film is that we're talking about this week is Sean Costello's The Passions of Carol jeremy's mom's name being carol was the beginning and end of my joke there basically it's good uh anyhow it's a good joke uh instead i've
0: i really built on it for you though
1: you really did you no set, you're
0: a hero you set me up you teed me up and i just fucking hold one it there with the, with the story so the golf club is bent as hell <laughs>
1: <laughs> jeremy's hand gestures are all uh, akimbo
0: yeah, they're very askew.
1: He's been up since 4 a.m. and drinking all afternoon. So yeah, Sean Costello's The Passions of Carol, which is a remake of A Christmas Carol.
0: Yeah, an adaptation, if you will.
1: Uh, yeah, an adaptation is the better word for it.
0: Um, I'm mostly familiar with the Disney version with Scrooge McDuck. Okay. So I'm going to be comparing it to that throughout the show, just so everyone has the proper frame of reference.
1: Uh, so... This is a point that I wanted to uh, take a moment. Also, Mr. Magoo. (laughs) Well, A Christmas Carol is one of the more adapted uh, classic stories, really. Uh, I think that it's just an easy framework to plug in different characters. So, like, a bunch of TV shows have done versions of it. And uh, there have been several movie adaptations and, of course, tons of stage shows. In fact, one of the things that I wanted to talk about this week is uh, my acting history. Telling a story that I don't know if Jeremy knows this. I might have gotten drunk once and told him this, but... Were
0: you an actor?
1: So, when I was in third grade, my third grade class mounted a production of A Christmas Carol... The school that I went to had like a like kind of a, a gifted arts and stuff program. I don't know. There was an official name that was more concise and less rambling than that, but that's to say that we certainly had more stage production value than an average third grade play would have. Uh, I would say it was probably just a little bit below most high school plays uh but i also may have a bad uh a bad memory of things when i was in third grade so maybe it wasn't quite as elaborate as i imagined but we at least had like painted backdrops and like a smoke machine and some light effects that's, that's, so i mean that's good. pretty that's good pretty
0: solid uh
1: for a third grade class
0: yeah i do feel like your memory definitely distorts like the size and like scope of things like as a child like, right versus like when you're like even like when you're like 13 or 14 Um, right and that's it yeah just a a little thought
1: uh but i uh i participated in this production and it is probably the version of the story that i know best and so i'll be uh probably drawing my parallels (laughs) to that i mean to be fair i really don't remember the specifics of that production a whole lot Um, but I did have a lot more familiarity to them than most because I was cast as Ebenezer Scrooge in this production. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I was Ebenezer Scrooge in our third grade production of A Christmas Carol.
0: Did the ghosts scare you?
1: Um, they scared my character.
0: Oh. Did you feel, um, like you went through, like, the dark night of the soul, like, uh, Ebenezer scrooge did as you went through the like did you become the character
1: i don't think i did really (laughs) um i think that as a third grader and it being my first major role i hadn't quite developed the uh acting chops to really go there mentally at the same level but i guess i don't know i think i did all right for a third grader because i got cast so is there a video so there, at one point, existed a video. I don't think it exists anymore, unfortunately.
0: That is unfortunate. I would like to see that.
1: Yeah, I know. That's <clears throat> It's something that I actually, like, regret. Like, there's a lot of things in my life that, like, I feel like my parents were always like, oh, you're gonna regret if this or that doesn't happen. Like, they wanted me to go to prom because they thought that I would regret it if I didn't go to prom. And so I went to prom, and I definitely wouldn't have uh, played, regretted it if I hadn't gone to prom.
0: Yeah, I played World of Warcraft instead of going to prom. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, it was a good time. I um, definitely had a better time there.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't like have a date or anything, so I just went stag to the prom and ate dinner and then like uh all the couples started dancing with each other and i just kind of lurked around until it was time to leave just
0: hung out in the corner in your um, like pastel blue tuxedo
1: <laughs> yes
0: just imagine you looking the way you do now but like a little more like because um, you're pretty slender like in high school comparatively
1: comparatively
0: yeah um i'm back at my high school weight and it's terrible um, i was a fat, I'm a fat boy, <laughs> but you know, just you just lurking, wallflowering around.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I didn't have any facial hair because we were still in school and we couldn't have facial hair at school. We couldn't
0: either. And I went to an all boys school, and I was like, "What does it matter if it's all men?"
1: I don't think it matters either way, really. Some
0: men have facial hair and others don't. Yeah. Uh, my I don't all know. Nice. It's
1: <laughs> keep <talking>. um nope. <laughs> so i was cast as the lead in the christmas carol and i guess i did well i don't know well,
0: history was made
1: history was made and so uh my history in acting continued from there uh we did a second production in third grade Uh, And it was a musical about, like, frogs and stuff teaching, like, stranger danger and safety and stuff. Sure. Uh, And I thought it was stupid. And uh, I didn't get a major role in it. Uh, And I wasn't really bothered by that. But so I was part of the, I I guess, chorus, we'll say, of people who were singing along to the songs. the
0: the frog chorus, yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. There was, like, you know... Like thirty kids in the chorus or something.
0: Yeah, and you're all little froggies.
1: Little froggies, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but uh, when we finally had a performance of it, um, I <laughs> on the video of it, you could see me rolling my eyes and uh, not singing along, and then like for a little bit, moving my mouth and just looking salty the whole time. And my third grade teacher confronted me about it and uh, accused me of being upset that I wasn't the lead role in it and that I was uh, throwing a tantrum about that. But that wasn't the case. I was just throwing a tantrum because I thought I was above the material.
0: Yeah, no, they don't understand (laughs) that. Which
1: is still a little bitch thing to do, but uh, it was a different little bitch thing.
0: Yeah, no. uh.
1: (laughs) Uh, And that's more or less the end of my acting career.
0: Man, teachers fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, Who confronts a third grader about, like... uh, Why uh, do you have beef with a third grader?
1: And I remember she, like... She walked me into the classroom alone and, like, was playing the video of it. And just on the video, you could see me just being a sour bitch. (laughs) And she pointed it out to me and she was, you, you know, she... You know, made her assertion that it was because I didn't have the lead role. And that wasn't the case. But uh, I was still being a bitch.
0: Wonderful. Uh,
1: so, yeah. Uh, anyhow, that's the lens from, <laughs> from which I am approaching this film. Uh, so, yeah. The Passions of Carol is a story adapted, you know, to the format of A Christmas Carol about uh, Carol Scrooge.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, who owns beaver magazine B
0: I V R. yeah you know, porno magazine for uh despite the name it's men it's men in the magazine even. it really is um but we'll get into that um before we wander into the film we should uh is there anything you want to say about anything
1: well we get some uh carryover from last week in the sense that uh we get Jamie Gillis in this film again mm-hmm Another week at Jamie's, a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Mary Stewart playing the lead role, who was a uh, bit role in the opening of Misty Beethoven. It is written and directed by Sean Costello.
0: Or, um, um, I guess credited differently. I thought yeah, it was
1: credited woman. as Amanda Barton.
0: Which is an interesting thing, but we'll talk about that a little bit later, I guess.
1: So yeah, there's that. Sean Costello is more known for his uh, more rough and violent porn films. Uh, this, in comparison, is very uh, kind of bubblegum in, in a mm. presentation.
0: Yeah. Had we talked about something with him in the past?
1: We have not done any of his films, but uh, he is notable to past conversations in that he directed Water Power. Okay. Which we haven't covered yet.
0: No, which does have Jamie Gillis giving enemas, which is what I thought was missing from uh, the opening of Misty Beethoven.
1: <laughs> that's right. I, I imagine that the uh, other facets of the film probably hold together a little bit less than Misty Beethoven. Sure. Uh, but it it is going to deliver in that sense. I just want to I want to get Tyler in here because I think that's the movie to get him on.
0: Uh, definitely, it's been we've been trying to get book Tyler forever.
1: Yeah, we can't we can't get any fucking movement out of this agent.
0: Yeah, he's really trying to screw us for points.
1: <laughs> so yeah, the passions of Carol, uh, holiday extravaganza,
0: passions of my mother. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we talked about it, you and I, about doing. Uh, like a movie where my with my mom but like where i don't think she really knows what's going on which is not <laughs> something hard to achieve right uh but then my brother brought it up independently when we were watching something a couple weeks ago and um i just think we just kind of settled on the idea that we would do like a found footage horror film with my mom <laughs> um kind of uh, like uh, you know oh we were watching the mcpherson tape that's oh, what okay. it was um
1: I love that you've shared the McPherson tape with your brother. Yeah, <laughs> we
0: watched the McPherson tape. Um, fuck, it was something else. I don't remember right now. It doesn't matter. Um, I shared the McPherson tape, <laughs> uh, but uh, ultimately, I just want to do like uh, where we just kind of like where uh, the house is haunted uh-huh. and she thinks it's haunted, and I'm just recording her. Right, and it's uh, it's called Carol Normal Activity. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it's a beautiful idea. Uh, Watch Night Killer.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a wonderful film to share. Yes. Oh, man, Night Killer.
0: (laughs) I love it. See an episode on Night Killer, even though it's not really a pornographer.
1: Pornographer?
0: A pornographist.
1: Uh, Yes, we should.
0: (laughs) We probably won't, but, you know.
1: I mean, my, you know, whatever. whatever. It's Christmas. We're not going to say no to anything. It's Christmas.
0: It's the magic of Christmas—is you can't say no.
1: (laughs) That's the magic of Christmas—they can't say no.
0: I don't don't like that.
1: That's a—that's a new character I'm making.
0: I don't—I don't know. Let's go to break real quick.
1: All right. Yeah, we're going to get rid of that character and go to break, and then we'll be back to talk about the passions of Carol. We're
0: going to workshop the whole show. Let's uh, get this show on the road.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about The Passions of Carol. Okay. So, this is a movie that has not had a fancy restoration. Uh, The version that I got looks kind of crappy. It's uh, obviously cropped to where uh, some of the credits are slightly cropped off. Sure. In a 4 by 3 ratio, so it's probably supposed to be 16 by 9. One point um, eight five or one point seven eight something like that,
0: perhaps uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: it's not as wide as it probably is supposed to be because it cuts off the credits. That's the important part.
0: I don't know what four k is let's let's just move on
1: <laughs> so um
0: I don't know what five g is either
1: <laughs> the credits here. Uh, the title card and stuff, it looks kind of like maybe it was recreated for home video. Yeah. Because it's got kind of like that 80s digital look to it.
0: Yeah, def- Yeah, it can definitely be a picture in my mind's eye. Uh,
1: but, you know, I don't know
0: that to be true. Mary... It sounds true, and that's enough. Uh,
1: the lead role in this is Mary Stewart playing Carol Scrooge. She's credited as Mary Holiday M-E-R-R-I-E
0: I didn't catch it that. That's beautiful
1: Yeah, in the credits uh, The credits start with Mary Holiday in The Passions of Carol I must
0: have been looking down uh,
1: Directed by Andrea Barton Of course uh, yep. Sean Costello uh-huh. and A pseudonym We start the film by being introduced to Biva Productions That's B-I-V-A Okay uh, So it's not B-I-V-R like I thought it was No but uh, it's it sounds like Beaver when they say it every time.
0: It does. By design, I imagine.
1: Uh, we have the woman answering the phone saying that Miss Scrooge is in a conference and can't be disturbed. Uh, and then we cut to Carol Scrooge, our lead here, who is in a conference with Bob Hatchett, played by Jamie Gillis.
0: God bless us, everyone.
1: Yes, a Christmas miracle, as you uh, described it to me. Yes. It's just a beautiful moment when you watch a film and you're not ready for Jamie Gillis. and yeah. There he is.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't um, like in the credits, so uh, I, did, I didn't expect him to show up.
1: Right. She's criticizing Bob Hatchett's layouts uh, and describes them as impotent. And notes that there's a bunch of limp dick photographs in it,
0: so... That's not what America wants.
1: Yeah, that's not what America wants. Today's woman won't accept a limp dick in her bedroom, will she? No. Uh, no. She will not. Uh, but yeah, that's part of the verbal lashing that Bob Hatchett is getting from Carol Scrooge. She says that he needs to go back to work on it, and these cocks better be as big and hard as the Washington Monument... Bob notes that it's Christmas Eve, and of course, uh, Miss Scrooge is bah humbugging, uh, as Scrooge is known to do. Yes. Uh, I can speak from experience.
0: Yeah, Scrooge McDuck humbugged a lot.
1: Yeah, so we've got this all lined up in the various uh, formats of this. So she's going to make him stay late and work on these dick layouts. Um. Meanwhile, she calls out to her secretary to, uh, or no, actually she has him send in the candidate for Beaver Boy of the Month.
0: Uh, the Beaver Boys.
1: So, Same. in walks Kurt Reynolds. Okay. <laughs> who is uh, the candidate for Beaver Boy of the Month. Yes. He uh, wishes her a Merry Christmas and she bah humbugs him. She says she wants to cut to the chase and looks at the photos that he brought. She tells him, we expect a great deal from our Beaver boys. Then she tells him that they can't tell everything from photos, and she asks him to get undressed. He unzips his Elvis jumpsuit.
0: Yeah, he is dressed as Elvis. Which, given the time frame, it probably should have been fat Elvis. Right?
1: Right. So she calls her secretary in to get her opinion, and the secretary starts to blow him. Uh, Scrooge tells him that it's only business. They have to see what it's like hard, and uh, then she joins in. It's at this point that I realize that we're hearing tubular <laughs> bells. Again. Again. <clears throat> uh what was it dark no it wasn't dark dreams it, no, was, it was the, the sorceress, sorceress. Yes. yes the sorceress used this and uh so does this film
0: it's back i don't know what it is uh maybe the rights are really cheap i don't know
1: <laughs> i imagine that the rights were never paid for for tubular bells <laughs> so uh the secretary is doing some thorough ball work while scrooge is working the shaft
0: I, didn't, I don't think i brought it up in the sorceress but do you think this is good blowjob music
1: um hmm. I
0: feel like your first like connotation is of the Exorcist. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of it though.
1: When was the Exorcist? Seventy three? Seventy four? Seventy four? That's probably know. about right. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, I mean this came out at about the same time as uh The Sorceress. Yeah. So I guess there was something going around where they were like, yeah, let's let's do the tubular bells porno.
0: Alright. <laughs> uh,
1: we cut from this sex scene to a dark room. Um, this version that we're watching uh, looks like shit and you can't really see anything at first. But eventually it zooms in enough that we see that Bob Hatchet is working on his layout. Uh, he has to talk to his wife on the phone explaining he's stuck at work. He says, "I know Tiny Kim wants her daddy home." <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie Gillis in this film is giving a very like serious and understated performance. Like
0: for the content of the film,
1: yeah, he, like he <clears throat> he is like one hundred percent living his character seriously, and his character's written to just be serious and yeah. not ham it up at all. So, he just kind of stands out in the film as being, like, just, well, being the only actor in the film, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh,
1: Because, I mean, even though the other people in this film are uh, fine at doing their dialogue and stuff, at the end of the day, their characters are just, like, characters in a porno, and Jamie Gillis is in another movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, like, (laughs) spliced him in from something else.
1: Right? Uh, something else where he was balling ladies, but you know. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is he, he is off tone with everybody else in the film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe his wife, because she's only got him to play off of.
0: Right. Yeah, those two are like their scenes are like a lot more serious than anything else that happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, tiny Kim's waiting at home for her daddy.
0: Yeah, I knew that.
1: Um, So we cut back to Scrooge and her secretary blowing Kurt Reynolds. We got some interaction between them, but they're having a good old three-way. We see Kurt pounding Scrooge from below uh, while she's on top of him in reverse cowgirl. And uh, she leans back and eats out her secretary. Lots of crazy positions.
0: Well, Tubular Bells, as we have said, is a very long uh, piece. <laughs>
1: That's right. Eventually, Scrooge pulls Kurt Reynolds' dick out of her secretary and finishes him off onto the secretary's ass. And then uh, Scrooge licks the ass and dick to get all of the cum off. Yes. As uh, one may do.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and uh, that's the end of the scene, and it's looking pretty good for Kurt Reynolds to be the Beaver Boy of the month. Oh, he's
0: we... he's definitely getting that gig. Yeah, he is gonna be uh right in the middle there in the centerfold. Yes, folded out. <laughs> he's doing an Elvis thing still for some reason. Right. No one was cooler than Elvis in 1975. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, we cut to another scene where the secretary's on the phone and tells somebody calling that uh, Scrooge will be back tomorrow. Uh, They seem confused, but she tells them that she always works Christmas Day. So, then we see Scrooge yelling at her maid, Polly, for leaving out the stuff she was using to clean. Polly tells Scrooge that she wants the night off, and Scrooge yells at her and says if she wants to cheaply copulate with her boyfriend, she can do it on her own time. Polly leaves, and Scrooge starts undressing, complaining that if Marley was still alive, he'd understand. Then uh, we see her in bed reading, and then we cut to a clock tower outside, ringing uh, clock bells. Clock bells? Clock bells. Uh, church, church bells that ring because of the clock. If it's a church, maybe it's, I don't know. It's some sort of clock. It's a clock tower. Is it Big Ben?
0: You've got bats in your belfry. (laughs) That's all I know. Uh, Uh,
1: it's a clock tower.
0: (laughs) I don't think it's Big Ben. I think think they're like in New York, but Uh, there's a clock tower. It's obviously a set piece.
1: Well, yes, for sure. It's a set piece. It's beautiful. Um, yes. So, Scrooge is asleep in bed on her side, and then we see a moaning ghost heading toward the camera. Uh, There's some flashes of green light, not quite uh, Mario Bava-style colors here, but uh, it's kind of a fun effect. Yeah. Uh, And then we see that the ghost is outside Scrooge's window, and then it disappears and reappears a few times before reappearing in her bedroom next to her bed calling her name and waking her up so Carol asks who it is and the ghost says to her that she should be asking who he was not who he is Uh, we get introduced here to Lance Marley who is Scrooge's old business partner
0: played played by Mark Steers I think Stearns maybe Uh, I can't read my own handwriting
1: Um, oh it's Mark Stevens Yes. (laughs)
0: I uh, didn't write anything after the V except for an S. (laughs) Excellent. There's a dash.
1: (laughs) He says that he died at his desk with a hard-on. Yeah. Uh, He said, they threw the book at me. I've still got bruises.
0: I laughed at it. That's a good joke.
1: Uh, He notes that he has to walk around with these heavy chains now. Yeah. informs Carol Scrooge that she'll be visited by three ghosts tonight and says that if she doesn't cooperate, she'll get the chains. (laughs) The ghost of Marley tells her that death is an endless wet dream where you wake up before coming.
0: We wrote down all the same quotes um, (laughs) from him. He's got some of the best lines in the film.
1: Uh, Then he asked Carol for a (laughs) blowjob.
0: Why not? you're dead, shoot your shot
1: uh, so we see Polly in the other room <laughs> with her boyfriend who is Tony played by Carter Stevens uh, also a pornographic film director,
0: are they brothers Mark and Carter? Car- I don't think so Okay.
1: he has a particularly entertaining interview on an episode of the Rialto Report, Carter Stevens uh, he kind of sounds like Danny DeVito when he talks which is fun
0: that's great
1: <laughs> <laughs> So we see Polly in the other room uh, with Carter Stevens as Tony. That's right. Uh, She's telling him to stay quiet or she might get fired because she's not supposed to have her boyfriend over there. Uh, He tells her to quit ironing and pulls her onto the nearby tiny bed. Uh, And that's really it for what they do. Um, Marley's ghost starts going down on Scrooge back in Scrooge's room. And she's uh, blowing him in another angle, and they keep cutting back and forth between that. Uh, And then Marley uh, pins her legs back and gives her some real high-angle missionary sex with her legs pinned up, and finally he pulls out and comes on her pubes. We then see Scrooge in bed asleep again, and we hear the clock tolling again, and uh, uh, we hear some wind blowing. It's here that she's visited by the first ghost, uh, which is a guy with powdered hair and uh, kind of gray with a giant red bow tie and like a whitish suit.
0: Yeah, he's the ghost of Dr. Who. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has her rise and walk with him and she takes his hand and they reappear in front of uh, a bunch of like twinkling white christmas lights that it's used as a backdrop several times throughout yeah
0: and there's some pillars i think as well like at least in one of the later segments um i call it the time tunnel
1: okay that makes sense that's a good enough description of what it is and what it serves to be in the film
0: yeah it definitely just it looks it looks pretty cheap but it also still kind of looks pretty i'm like it looks good enough
1: Yeah, it's fine. Like, I think
0: there's some fog and stuff. Uh...
1: One of the things I appreciate about this is it kind of has the aesthetic of, like, a stage play still. Yeah. And I like that about it. I feel like it gives it a stylistic feel. Sure, yeah. Uh, Even if it wasn't intended that way, maybe it was meant to be more seamless than that, maybe. But uh, as it stands the final product, it, it just gives it a good aesthetic, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we see a ghost that has this uh, poster board in front of him that says Master Charge. Uh, and he's going around yelling, asking if anybody takes American Express. And then he asks about Master Charge and Diners Club. Uh, the ghost says that he was a rich man, polluted the world, and took advantage of people, and lived the easy life, always able to pay for everything on his credit card right now he is doomed to carry his credit card uh but nobody will take them <laughs> <laughs> so that's his uh eternal punishment is walking around wanting people to take his credit card and they never do
0: this character and bit makes no sense why is he a resident <laughs> of the time tunnel
1: uh i don't know it's
0: not like the afterlife is it
1: uh, i don't know maybe don't it's the so. ghost world
0: but there's no other ghost. Like You'd expect maybe them to like introduce one at each point, but they don't.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> that's the only third-party ghost in the film.
0: Yeah, he's just wandering around. He got <laughs> lost uh, along the way to heaven. <laughs> but no, he's going to hell.
1: Uh, yes. Uh,
0: but that's my main criticism of uh, that character. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so, she asks if that's her fate. And the ghost invites her to follow him through time. So, she sees her old room. And she sees Billy Baxter and Barbie White. Uh, Barbie White's played by Susan Sloan. Uh, Billy Baxter is uh, Alan Marlowe. Uh, credited as Alan Barrow. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason. So... We see Carol try to talk to Billy and Barbie, but they can't hear her. Uh, then we see Carol show up with a new doll. Uh, Barbie, her friend, notes that she never gets presents like this and asks if she can see the doll. Carol says that she can, but only if she kisses her. So Barbie says sure, and then she, she gives Carol a peck on the cheek a kiss.
0: So I'm gonna say it this deviates a lot from um what's normally established as like the Christmas past
1: uh yes, yes, Def- it does
0: um like I said in the Scrooge McDuck version, they're at like a little festive dance and everything where he like uh woos his bra- his uh his lady uh that is not what happens and what follows.
1: I'm trying to remember my third grade production of a Christmas Carol and what we did for Christmas pass there. I know that. I don't know. I know that the present was the uh, typical one which is used here, where we see uh, the uh, Cratchits on Christmas night, right? Christmas Eve night or whatever.
0: Yeah. Is he maybe is he busy like counting? Were you counting some coins instead of going to the dance?
1: uh maybe that might be something i can't quite remember that sounds like something that it might be i might have been counting coins that sounds right
0: okay we'll go with that
1: i'm very suggestible though so yeah
0: it's true um you are very suggestible yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but this like we said it doesn't really matter what it actually is because what's about to happen deviates uh Far from uh, all acceptable social norms.
1: Right? Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. So, um, so Barbie gives her that peck on the cheek, but Carol says, not like that. She wants uh, both Barbie and Billy to kiss her all over. Billy says that he wants to go home, but Carol threatens to tell his mom that he broke some window that got broken.
0: That is what sexual predators do.
1: Yes, that is exactly what sexual predators do. Um, This is definitely uh, not something to be proud of, Carol. (laughs) I'm going to take your mom to task over this. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you should. Um, She used to throw rocks at, I think, uh, either windows or cars. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's a little hellion. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm going to take her to task about it.
0: (laughs) All right, that's fine. I'm going to see if my mom will listen to this episode. (laughs) She will probably hate it.
1: That's okay. Um, Scrooge asks the ghost why she's showing her this, uh, and she notes that she liked Billy and thought they would marry, but they grew apart. The ghost notes that this is why. We see past Carol in the scene uh, telling Billy and Barbie to take off their clothes. Uh, Barbie and Billy start undressing and Barbie stops at her panties, but Scrooge tells her to take all of them off. She then tells her to get down and make Billy's pee-pee hard with her mouth. Ugh. (laughs) Oh, boy. So uh, Barbie starts blowing Billy. Uh, and then we cut to see the doll that Carol had brought into the screen, just kind of watching the situation unfold from the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, Carol then joins in, and Carol and Barbie team up together to lick the
0: dick. Ugh. Like This scene's disgusting, just because of the implications of, like, that everyone's supposed to be, like, a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
1: Uh, we then cut to some art on the wall, which yes. appears to be Raggedy Ann and Andy, uh, where uh, Raggedy Ann is blowing Andy.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It cuts to it. Um, it reminds me of uh, my buddy John. Uh, he was dating this girl who had this, uh, she had like an inherit I don't know how she came into possession of it. But it was like this huge, like uh, painting of like every Disney character just like having like disgusting, sordid sex with uh, one another. Uh, it was a thing of beauty to behold, and I'm really sad that I don't own that.
1: Like, so it's a big physical. Yeah, it's like big. Painting. It's like
0: framed. It's yeah. It's just one of the strangest <laughs> things, uh, but also one of the most beautiful.
1: Uh, yeah. That's quite something. Um, so yeah, this artwork is interesting, and certainly if I were a parent, I wouldn't let my children decorate their rooms like this.
0: I wish my parents would have decorated my room like this. And really, <laughs> even now, they still could.
1: They could. <laughs> you should go home and yell at your mom about why she didn't decorate your room like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, like she could do it now. If she did it tonight, I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All I want for Christmas, Mom, is for you to decorate the room that I'm living in in your house with uh, pornographic Raggedy Ann and Andy.
0: Yeah, any cartoon character. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not picky.
1: It's going to be the weird like uh, Homer Simpson and Marge fucking from oh, wait, like, no, one of those banner actually, ads online.
0: I do actually object to those. there's something's unwholesome about that i don't i don't know it's the
1: raggedy ann and andy is uh
0: that's fine they're dolls i don't care i guess (laughs) like maybe if i grew up with like mickey mouse and all that stuff that disney poster would have made me like yeah but i don't know something about like The way they draw the Simpsons when they're fucking is very unpleasant. (laughs) I especially hate the ones like a muscular Bart and like Lisa. Oh, yeah. Those are the worst. Uh, (laughs) This is terrible.
1: Uh, So Barbie is uh, working the balls while Carol is sucking. And then they both go back to licking. The ghost asks Carol, what's the matter? And she says nothing. And then she finally admits that. She'd like to touch Billy just once, but the ghost tells her it's impossible. Uh, Then we cut and show that there is a baby arm in Carol's vagina, the fingers hanging outwards, and just the, uh, the stump of the arm inserted into her, partially.
0: Yes, the doll's arm.
1: Yes. Um and uh barbie is licking the doll's fingers while carol is blowing billy uh we cut to another piece of raggedy ann and andy art where uh raggedy ann is riding andy reverse cowgirl uh and we get some detailed penetration in the picture we then see the doll laying down somewhere alone and armless uh and then back to uh, the debauchery happening in this room. Uh, we see the arm is now all the way in with the hand just hanging out and Barbie licking Carol's clit. Uh, we then see this weird engraving on wood, uh, like maybe a drawer or something, that like, you see a vagina as part of it, too. Yeah. Uh, and then finally we see Billy come on Carol's exposed breast, It's noted that Barbie and Billy eventually married. Carol asks if they think of her, uh, but the ghost doesn't tell her. And they disappear in a fog. And finally, we see Carol back in bed again. But the damn clock bells toll again. The chimes. The chimes.
0: The chimes.
1: Carol gets up and sees some light coming in from under her door, and she gets up and opens the door and walks into some bright light. Uh, when she walks through the door, she's in some room that seems to be decorated with like Christmas presents and stuff, and uh, she asks the ghost if this is the second ghost. Uh, he says, You bet your buns, baby. Uh, so we get this very uh, flamboyant gentleman playing the uh, ghost of Christmas present.
0: Yes. He's kind of like trying to like have like a divine kind of vibe about it. Yeah, him.
1: he even says that he's too, too divine. And then he says, divine is such an overused word, don't you think?
0: Yeah, very catty.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Carol identifies that he must be the ghost of Christmas present. Uh, he says a bunch of sassy stuff. And she starts to rush him and he... Finally, invites her to touch his tunic, and they disappear. Uh, he notes that he misses the baths at Caesar's palace.
0: Why would the ghost of Christmas Present miss those? He would only know about the present, not the past.
1: I think that he knows about the past because he lived it as the present.
0: Oh fuck! He just blew my mind. Because uh, <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, but also wonder why does he need to use the time tunnel
1: if it's um, the present?
0: I feel like he could just fly over there
1: well maybe it's not a time tunnel maybe it's more extra dimensional and he's not traveling through time just space
0: okay whatever i don't know (laughs) that's good enough for me that sounds like science
1: the ghost explains that he's brought her to see what's happening now she's having trouble making out where she is and then she finally sees bob hatchet at home he's with his wife barbara played by kim pope Barbara notes that they only had money for one box. (laughs) (laughs) The ghost says she needs to watch how people less fortunate than her celebrate Christmas. Carol says, what do they have to celebrate? And the ghost tells her to just watch. So, Barbara is giving Bob a hard time about how his boss hasn't given him a raise. Yeah. She calls Carol a witch. Bob talks about how Carol is alone on Christmas. But they have each other
0: Um Did you notice he de- he Has decorated like his home And like the photos that he takes
1: No I Oh yeah you're right Yeah there's yes, a lot yes. of like
0: framed Beaver Boy uh, Just like photos Just hanging around
1: Yeah just a bunch of dicks hanging around
0: Yeah do you think his wife enjoys that
1: I don't know I don't feel like she respects his job Very much
0: No she really gets on about decorating the tree too
1: Oh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: They have each other, but at what price? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Barbara kisses Bob and says that he needs to open his present. He talks about how they weren't going to get each other something, but he finally does open it. Uh, he notes that it must have been expensive, but we don't actually see what's in the present. Um, <laughs> they didn't really bother to come up with a present. They were just like, it doesn't matter, we'll just not show it. She asks if he likes it, and he tells her that he loves her, and then she says she wants him to show her. So we see Barbara blowing Bob. Uh, It's at this point that I'm starting to think to myself, what's up with this ghost just showing these random nice people having sex to carol who's not a good person
0: to illustrate their love for one another
1: i guess so it's just very voyeuristic a real invasion of privacy by this ghost
0: well they all are if you think about it but this one's just a little more intimate than you're used to seeing
1: well if you think about it the first one at least was an event that happened to carol that she was seeing that's fair so it wasn't something that happened privately between different people no so anyway She's blowing him, and they uh, hold hands, lacing their fingers together as she's blowing him. Carol's confused by them being happy. The ghost says they love each other, and it's Christmas. Carol asks, why does that matter? And the ghost calls her a tacky bitch and tells her to keep watching.
0: Yeah, him calling her a tacky bitch is his best line, and really the best line of the film.
1: For sure. Uh, we see the hatchets on the floor, doing it sideways from behind. Uh, this goes on for a while. We get different shots. At one point, he wraps <laughs> his leg around hers and kind of gets some leverage as he keeps pounding away.
0: Yeah. Um, honestly, I think he's... Because all the music's Christmas music in this right. film, besides from Tubular Bells, which I guess might have passed as Christmas music at some point. <laughs> I think the music changes at some point because he just is fucking for so long. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of shots. This goes on for a while. Not a whole lot to add to that, but he eventually pulls out and comes on her ass. Yeah. Uh, Barbara tells him that she loves him, and he tells her Merry Christmas, and they kiss. Carol is surprised that the Hatchets didn't dislike her, despite how she's treated them. The ghost says his time is done, and... (laughs) <laughs> Amongst other things says she's not the only boob in the bra, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's um what I've started saying to people in the past few days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Carol's realization that they don't dislike her, I don't think is right because I'm pretty sure they do dislike her.
0: Uh, Jamie likes her, his wife does not. Uh he's he's kind of ambivalent, I think just because uh she pays him.
1: Yeah, I guess that's really what it is. We immediately see the third ghost appear in a black robe. Carol identifies this as the ghost of future yet to come. Or
0: it's the ghost of future past, like uh, the X-Men.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. She immediately starts telling him that she wants to learn from him, and she asks for him to speak to her, but he is the silent type. So he stretches out his arm, and she asks him to lead her on. So we see them walking through the time tunnel, as you call it, with all the blinking lights moving. Uh, They're kind of moving across the floor smoothly, and it seems like the camera's fixed on them, so they might be all on one big cart or something that's moving around the floor. We see some shots outside, uh, and... It appears to be like 42nd Street ish. Yeah. You know, uh, some, grimy New York.
0: Yeah, there's some porno theaters, some, good, uh, some shots of, good of stuff. the
1: raincoat crowd. Yeah. Uh, roaming the streets, neon lights, uh, lots of uh, theater signs and stuff. Carol seems shocked by what she's seeing there, even though she makes a nudie magazine. Right. You would think she's not just shocked by the streets.
0: She never knew it was this bad. She never knew like who
1: was yeah, actually buying been, her magazine. She's been making filth in her ivory tower.
0: Yeah, now she's down in the grime with the rest of us.
1: Yes. They see a Hooker picking up a John. And uh, Carol says to the ghost that she doesn't understand why they're watching this go on. So uh, they follow them. And we see the hooker lead the guy into a place, and uh, she says that mom is going to show him a good time for his 20 bucks. She starts to undress, and then Carol realizes that she's seeing herself.
0: Why do you think she became a hooker? Uh,
1: I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of missing steps in between.
0: Yeah. Like, normally, like, Scrooge is dead, and then pete and then the ghost pulls off his robe and it's pete the um, cat the, the evil cat
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah he uh, laughs um i know in our third grade production i'm pretty sure we saw i saw a grave i as ebenezer scrooge saw my grave
0: you saw your own grave
1: uh yes
0: that's pretty heavy um for a third grader
1: that also happened to uh, Beavis on yeah, Beavis was, and Butthead. I was
0: thinking about that. He never scored. He ne- Yeah, here lies Beavis. He never scored. Also, The Simpsons. Uh, unloved by uh, Al.
1: how <laughs> you know, Homer
0: reads it. It's good <laughs> stuff. Excellent. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, this, this story's been told a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, to great effect every time. Charles Dickens knew what he was doing.
1: Uh, well, in this case uh, We didn't go for the grave We went for the old hooker story
0: Oh, right, I forgot
1: um, So <laughs> uh, Carol says this can't be true uh, The John's being, like, reluctant And so Carol has him go into the bathroom with her And they wash his dick
0: Yeah, which is uh Sanitary, but not really sexy uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. what I had to do Before uh, they gave me a vasectomy
1: Oh yeah? yeah. Go into a
0: room and wash your dick. Yeah, um if my mom does listen to this episode, that's how she'll learn I got a vasectomy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Christmas, Carol.
0: Uh, Oh, geez.
1: uh, Fuck. (laughs) So then we see Carol blowing her uh, John on the bed. Uh, At one point, he mentions saving himself for the other half, so here he is paid for a half and half.
0: Oh, yeah, we discussed that. It's Uh, half blowjob, half uh, vaginal penetration. That's right um speaking greek is anal did you know that it's prostitute yes. code
1: yes it's good I do stuff. know that yeah
0: i love it it's good stuff it's the classics
1: you gotta you gotta know what you need to order in case the need ever arises you never know at what moment you're gonna need to order services from a prostitute
0: yeah anytime you're on the street
1: that's right a couple of minutes later she tells him that the first half is over And so she puts a condom on him and starts writing him cowgirl.
0: These 70s condoms are no good. No, um, I think I wrote, let me see what I wrote. Uh, 70s condoms look awful. It looks like someone melted a styrofoam cup in a microwave. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a Ziploc bag bag. It yeah, just, it's, it looks like it's about to crumble into pieces. It looks like it's like 20 years old.
1: Yeah, it's it's not form fitting at all. It's just kind of baggy. And it looks like it's like mostly clear, but it's also where where it's all baggy, it's kind of white. So it has this like crinkly look like almost like it's wax paper or something.
0: I feel like that's what older people t- will uh, tell you that condoms don't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah so it looks no good so carol starts to plead with the ghost saying this can't happen to her she asks if she can change things uh that she's seeing
0: before we leave the future i'm gonna say the ghost of christmas present was correct because if you uh look at her wig she is a tacky bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's awful
1: it is really bad it's It's like
0: a blonde afro that she's decided to wear yeah uh it does not look good, it really doesn't, so he Carol right.
1: pleads, yeah, the ghost was definitely right. She is a tacky bitch, uh Carol pleads with the ghost of Christmas yet to come, telling him that she's different now, and that she understands the meaning of Christmas now, please, tell me I could change these things future Carol finishes her customer off with the condom and then she tells the customer he's a rotten fuck (laughs) Uh, we then see the spirit disappear into the fog and we see Carol wake up she thinks about how she's had three ghost visits and says that it must be Saturday now thinking that the ghosts had visited her on separate nights but in fact it was all in one night we see her shout down to someone on the street that we never actually see. We just hear a voiceover. Uh, she asks what day it is, and uh, the person on the street confirms it's Christmas. She's excited that she didn't miss a day and that she can now celebrate Christmas every day. And she says at the very end that she'll never be mean again. <laughs> And that is the end of The Passions of Carol.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Um, Typically, I think the Christmas Carol ends with uh, Scrooge visiting some people and surprising uh, them with his Christmas cheer.
0: Yeah, he is a Christmas goose and gifts and... uh...
1: And Tiny Tim is happy.
0: And he says, God bless us, everyone.
1: Yeah, we never saw Tiny Kim, although yeah. I don't really think we need to see any children in this. It's already problematic enough with the adults playing children that we saw. Yes. Don't need to throw any more in there. No, you just
0: need to keep them out.
1: But uh, when Jamie Gillis and uh, Susan Sloan were banging uh, the hatchets... Uh, there were some crutches in the room.
0: Yeah, indicates Tiny Kim was around. And not right. so tiny, because they were full adult-sized crutches.
1: Well, you know, I'm happy that at least all the children in this film were adults.
0: Me too. <laughs> Me, that's, you know... Uh,
1: much like the film Burial Ground.
0: <laughs> He's a little tiny guy.
1: <laughs> He's so small. Uh, Peter Bark.
0: Yeah, Peter Bark bit his mom's boob off. <laughs> Sorry if I spoiled Burial Ground for you. You really fucked up. Well, it's okay. I fell asleep and woke up like for that part, and it was worthwhile. Yeah. (laughs) That's a five-star film for that scene alone.
1: Uh, Well, anyway, on that note, we're going to take one last break, and we will be back to give our final thoughts on the passions of Carol.
0: It's been seven long years. Lonely years. You still look pretty damn good to me, Tootsie. You know that? Do you know what death is? You don't know what death is. I know what death is. It's an ever-endless wet dream. And you keep waking up before you come. What about it, Tootsie? There's there's nobody that gives good blowjobs in heaven. How about it, baby?
1: For old Lancey. Don't you talk to me.
0: Don't you want me? Don't you want me, baby?
1: I want you to want me.
0: Oh yeah. Welcome back to the K Rock. We got all the classic hits from cheap trick to uh, Yazoo. Yes. Yeah, the uh
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Uh Yaz. Yaz. Yeah. Uh in New Wave Band.
1: Oh. Okay. Uh anyhow, uh let's uh <laughs> <laughs> We're back here on the Raincoat Report to talk about The Passions of Carol. And uh, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and kick off our fancy review section. It's fancy? Yeah, it's fancy because it's you. And you're a fancy cat.
0: a fancy bitch.
1: (laughs) You're not a tacky bitch like Carol.
0: No. I would love some fancy feasts.
1: You should go home and yell at your mom and call her a tacky bitch.
0: I might. (laughs) If I left now, I would definitely do it. (laughs) <laughs> um i didn't think i would ever see a christmas based pornographic film in my life but um now i have yep and that itself is a beautiful thing for sure this film um uh, it has its ups and downs yeah i can't say it does any one thing particularly well mm-hmm. it does seem um a bit low budget uh, especially if we go back to last week uh, with uh, the opening of Misty Beethoven.
1: Yeah, these films uh, exist on different levels.
0: Yeah, um, despite sharing some of the same cast, which is one of the things I like about uh, the genre is it can kind of vary pretty widely between films. Yeah, yeah. Um, In this case, like I said, it doesn't do anything uh, particularly well like on a technical level. Right. Um, Like the time tunnel's nice um, for what it is the plot's pretty loose. Like it's a pretty like bare bones adaptation of, uh, the Charles Dickens classic, the Disney classic. I think they probably on the rights. (laughs) So this episode will probably get taken down. (laughs) Um, But uh, this film has a certain level of charm to it that, um, I really wasn't expecting out of it. However, uh, It does have some very uncomfortable elements as well. Uh, Really one scene in particular uh, that kind of makes me uh, not want to recommend it quite as highly (laughs) as I would otherwise, Uh, you know, uh, the sort of the kind of the scummy like vibe to it that it does have, Uh Uh, I guess that kind of draws me in uh, them just fucking to christmas music or her like blowing like the ghost of uh marley things like that um kind of keep me interested and uh and i mean tubular bells tubular bells of course a fan favorite (laughs) uh and even though the jamie gillis stuff is totally different it's not bad right But uh, I hadn't really thought about that until you brought it up. So that kind of is probably going to factor into my score a little bit. (laughs) I was going to give it maybe like uh, a little bit of a higher mark. But uh, at the end of the day, I'd say it's about a three. Okay. Uh, You know, watch it on Christmas morning if you're staying home and staying safe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, as per usual, I largely agree with you. As an adaptation of a Dickens classic, I think that it does a good job on a lot of basic levels, but it really uh, lacks some of the complexity of the uh, original material. Um, Keeping in mind the fact that I kind of expect them to uh, deviate a bit and go a little bit lighter on plot based on the fact that they have to fit in all this pornography into the film. Fair I kind of get that, but at the same time, I think some of the sex scenes were a little bit too long. Yeah, the first
0: uh, one that they have with uh, Elvis is just, it's quite lengthy. Right. Uh, and same with the, like the Jamie Gillis scene that where the music cue changes in the middle.
1: Right. Um, and I think that like, One of the things I noticed while taking notes is I found myself sitting there not taking any notes for stretches of time. Right. Because even during the sex scenes, uh, they didn't change position a whole lot.
0: No. They stayed
1: in the same position for, like, minutes at a time.
0: I feel like some of, like, the plot stuff, the camera work was, like, pretty good. Uh Um, But then I feel like during the sex scenes it got kind of static a little bit.
1: Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, I do find Jamie Gillis amusing in this. Uh, I don't really consider the fact that he's in a different movie than everybody else to be such a bad thing.
0: No. He's, I think it's
1: uh, it's one of the things that I like most about this movie, in fact.
0: He's in, like, Christmas Evil and everyone else is in, like, Silent Night, Bloody Night. <laughs> that's uh, that's a good comparison. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun little time overall. Um, I think that if I were doing it, I would have done it differently. I feel like I would have spent a little bit more time on the plot. And uh, I feel like I would have gotten some more jokes in there. I feel like some more jokes would make the movie better.
0: Yeah, uh, Marley and the gay uh, present ghost are pretty much like the main sources of comedy. Yeah. Um, I think a little bit more of that would have helped.
1: Yeah, I think the tone's just like all over the place in this film. I, yeah, for I sure. think that's that's what it is. Cause yeah, Jamie Gillis has his own tone that he's carrying through it, and you have your your uh, first two ghosts there that are uh, a little uh, or I guess the Marley and the second ghost are
0: kind of a
1: little jokier. and then like the rest of the movie isn't really that jokey. Um,
0: yeah, they play pretty straight
1: carol scrooge like her character just has no depth to her at all
0: right she goes from being bad to good and there's like no like little nuance to it really
1: yeah but uh you know that's being nitpicky about pornography and yeah really it's all about the sucking and fucking and this film definitely had that uh i would say that the sex scenes like you said are kind of static in a way Uh, so that kind of plays against it, but, um, there's enough amusement here. Uh, I think like the Beaver publication is hilarious, but it wasn't really used to its full extent either. Right. Um, but you know, it's a good time overall still, uh, if you're looking for something to do on Christmas, you know, get you a cup of hot cocoa and suck on a candy cane and watch yourself some passions of carol
0: spill your hot cocoa all over your exposed uh, genitals
1: uh yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> not on purpose just uh an accident yeah
1: you should probably try not to do that
0: yeah don't do it
1: uh so overall i agree with your rating it's a three-star film it's not ever boring even though i i kind of question the uh the expediency of the sex scenes And it's got some fun details to it. Uh, But you could definitely do worse for a Christmas movie.
0: What's your least favorite Christmas movie? Um... I don't like It's a Wonderful Life.
1: I think It's a Wonderful Life is alright. I don't love it.
0: I don't care for it. What's your favorite Christmas movie? (sighs) Jingle All the Way.
1: Uh, Can I count Die Hard?
0: No. We don't do that.
1: Uh <laughs> we don't do that. No.
0: We're not in this house.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't why,
0: uh, why isn't it Jingle All the Way?
1: I have so little interest in Christmas. It might be Jingle All the Way at the end of the day.
0: It's got Phil Hartman, it's got Sinbad. Yeah. It's got uh, Arnold. Uh I think it's got it's got that lady I don't really like. It's got uh Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> um,
1: I, I remember liking that when I was a kid, but I've not seen it in a solid fifteen plus years.
0: Jim Belushi. Oh yeah, is in it. He's a big Santa. <laughs> the, Wait, is the I think the Big Show might be in it. I'm gonna look it up real quick.
1: Okay, we'll uh, we'll talk more. Uh, I think Silent Night Deadly Night Two is a great Christmas film. Especially if you haven't just watched the first one, since you're going to see a lot of the first one in it.
0: I think the second Jingle All the Way stars one of the wrestlers. Okay. The Italian one with the snake.
1: Oh, Santino?
0: I think so, yeah, Santino.
1: Oh, Jingle All the Way was 96, Jingle All the Way 2 oh, it was, was 2014, and it's Larry the Cable Guy. Okay. Oh, and Santino Morella. Yes. Yes. What, a, what an all-star lineup.
0: Oh, it's got Martin Mole. He's in a lot of stuff in the first one. There's this tall man. He's the tall.
1: The yeah. tall man from Phantasm? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's Ingus Scrim. Yeah. Oh, Chris Parnell was in Jingle All the Way.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It's got everyone. Um...
1: I mean I need to watch it again before I can commit to it, but it seems like uh you know, like it'd be a fun time.
0: I'm gonna find this wrestler. You take us take us out.
1: <laughs> uh okay, well, uh I guess Jeremy's done talking about the passions of
0: Carol. I could say some other stuff about it.
1: Uh anyhow, uh three stars, check it out. Follow us on social media at Raincoat Report on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Tell somebody, tell a friend, let them know to listen. It was the big
0: show. Okay, it's Paul White. I didn't know. I forgot his real name.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the big show, Paul White.
0: Yeah, remember when he was a crying baby?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wrestling. All right. Um, anything else you want to say To our uh, listeners In this Christmas season
0: God bless us Everyone
1: And don't forget your raincoat <laughs>
0: Merry Christmas Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas Oh, I feel so good I'll celebrate Christmas Every day of the year I'll be the best person I can possibly be I'll do better than that. I'll be a friend to the media. I'll be a friend to everyone. I'll never be mean again.